morning and welcome to a special edition of Between the Horns. Whether you're catching us on the live stream or on the pod, we are glad you are with us. You know why we're here? Because the Rams schedule just dropped last night. We want to break it all down for you to help us with that. We've got my amazing co-host, the voice of the Rams, JB Long. Good morning, JB. Good morning, Serena. It's one of my favorite days on the calendar. Oh, yeah. And we got our good friend, Kurt Morrison, to help us break down all the fun that will take place four front months from now, but hey, whatever. What a schedule, five t- primetime matchups, highlighting a very compelling schedule. So JB, let's get this schedule release party started. Yeah, now that we know the uh, dates and the times, it does feel like the season is a little bit closer. Before we dive into that season opener against the Bears, Kirk, how about some initial thoughts on the schedule? What'd you see first? Uh, I think for me, just watching the schedule, as a former player, I always wanted to know where do I start, where do I finish at? And I think the Rams, look, starting at home in week one against the Bears, and then where do they finish? At home against the 49ers. So now you know where you start, where you finish at. For me, look, living in California, we know we want to know what is going to happen in December. The Rams will not be in a situation where they're in a cold environment. They will be indoors the month of December. That's what really stuck out to me. And then Another one that's just kind of a, a quirky thing here is last year, the Rams on Monday night, they won on Monday nights, and yet the game after, they lost. This year, they play the 49ers on Monday, and then they get a bye week after that. So those are just my initial thoughts for the Rams' early part of the schedule and even the end part, more so the December schedule. Well, as we go into the 17-game format, I know the bye is as important as ever. I think placing it in Week 11 is favorable. Likewise, I know the coaches and the players prefer to get Thursday night football in that short week out of the way earlier on the schedule. So Week 5 at Seattle fits nicely. Uh, No opponent for the Rams is coming off an open date before they face the Rams. You might remember last year the 49ers had an open weekend. up With Los Angeles, and that didn't sit well with some Rams fans. So hopefully that makes that right. Uh, Serena, only one true back-to-back on the road, uh, which given the nine road games the Rams will play, I think is generous. Unfortunately, that back-to-back precedes that Week 18 finale against San Francisco that we were just talking about uh, at Minneapolis, at Baltimore, two really tough games uh, around the new year before what could be a de facto NFC West championship game to close it out. What about you, Serena? What did you see? Well, I thought this was a difficult schedule, although me and Kurt were going at it before this podcast started. I mean, it's a difficult – I mean, you're playing the Buccaneers again, which, hey, last season they came up with a win. That was like the rookie game, right? You had Jordan Fuller intercepting Tom Brady twice in that game. Van Jefferson and Cam Akers both came out with touchdowns against one of the top defenses in the league. But I do highlight that. Um, I think the New York Giants show that they have a great defense. They're coming in to improve, I would assume. And then, you know, they're just playing in the NFC West, so that's no big deal. The best (laughs) conference in the NFL. Um, But, you know, I think there's a lot of questionables, right? Like the Texans, like who's going to be their quarterback? The Packers, who's going to be their quarterback? So I think there's a lot of outliers. But, you know, the Jaguars, we know who their quarterback is, but how's that combination going to be with a new NFL head coach? So just – a lot of questions, but I think overall, I mean, you look at December 26th and January 2nd, you know, at Minnesota, at Baltimore, I think that's like, oh, and then you come back to Kurt's point, you're coming home, but you're playing the Niners. <laughs> 
Well, five uh, primetime contests to start, and let's start with week one, uh, opening SoFi Stadium, reopening SoFi Stadium, we hope, with 70,000 people in attendance this time around against the Chicago Bears. It feels like the Bears are an honorary member of the NFC West at this point. They've been on the schedule uh, the last handful of years. Um, Kirk, it's the first game for Matthew Stafford in horns, and in a way, they're making him feel right at home by taking on an NFC North opponent. Uh, one that he's beaten 11 times more than any other opponent in his career. What do you expect from Stafford in his first game as a Ram against the Bears? You know, I think he's going to have a great game. And, and and it's not because he's his experience of playing against the Chicago Bears over his career in Detroit. I just think in week one, I'm looking more so at the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, a, a new defensive coordinator in Sean Desai a guy who was first year calling plays in the National Football League on the defensive side. He'll have a couple wrinkles. He'll try to throw some things around. He's a look, Brandon Staley slash Vic Fangio disciple as well. So you'll get a mix of that type of defense. So for a quarterback going into a situation like this, you need a Matthew Stafford because he's seen a lot of football. He's able to make those corrections and audibles on the fly, on the run. That's why I think he's going to have a great game week one under the lights, SoFi, Sunday night. What better quarterback than Matthew Stafford? His experience takes over. That's why I think he's going to have an exceptional game week one. And let everybody know that this was a great decision on the Rams' part in getting Matthew Stafford. I love that new defensive coordinator angle because it's true of the Rams as well. Right. Raheem Morris, not new to the National Football League, but new to Los Angeles Rams. And across the line of scrimmage from what was the best defense in the National Football League last year, Will it be Justin Fields, a rookie, thrown into the deep end against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd? Or do you think we'll see the red rifle Andy Dalton? I think we're going to see Andy Dalton right away. Uh, I think with Justin Fields, he's going to have to learn a lot fairly quickly. And I don't know if it's going to happen that fast for him. I think Andy Dalton right now, who look was QB1 just a couple weeks back before the draft, they have a lot of confidence in Andy Dalton that he can mentor Justin Fields. I think we can't put past Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, who was there in Kansas City when Patrick Mahomes was drafted and how they had Alex Smith as sort of the mentor to Patrick Mahomes. It was a seamless transition when they finally went to Mahomes in Kansas City. I see the same situation here in Chicago where you know when the time is right when Andy Dalton will hand the baton to Justin Fields. But I think in week one, get ready for the red rifle, like you mentioned. We'll see Andy Dalton, I think, as a starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Kurt, you mentioned, you know, the Rams setting themselves up for success with Matthew Stafford. Well, the Buccaneers also set themselves up with success with an amazing (laughs) quarterback like Tom Brady. And after a week to road game at Indy. The Rams welcome the defending champs to SoFi Stadium in week three. Now, again, I mentioned it just before. They came out with a hard-fought victory on Monday Night Football. That was the rookie game. So how much more motivation does facing the defending Super Bowl champion provide, especially, you know, with Tom Brady still at helm? And this is pretty much the same team as last season. (laughs) Well, they are no longer the uh, hunters, right? The Buccaneers are now the hunted. Yeah. You know, when the, the defending champs come in, it's a different level of intensity that every team plays with. And look, this time the Rams have the defending champs coming to their place. So I'm excited about that opportunity only because really, I think we'll get a chance to see how good this offense of the Rams can be. 
going against, I think, a top-tier defense. This should be a top-five defense, if not top-three in the NFL in the Buccaneers' defense. They return 11 starters defensively, but honestly, I think they truly bring back 13 starters, if you believe it or not, because Vita Vea, their number one pick of three years ago, he comes back. He'll be uh, healthy this year as he was injured last year. And then their first-round pick out of Washington, Joe Tryon, a linebacker who they expect to have uh, immediate contribution. So this may be one of the best defenses in the league in the Buccaneers and the Rams' offense going up against that defense. I think it's a good test for the Rams, especially at that point in the season. For sure. I mean, JB, I feel like the Bucs' defense was overshadowed because Tom <laughs> Brady was at helm. But the Bucs' defense cannot be ignored Obviously, the Rams taking on a few extra players on offense will help, I assume, in week three. Well, I think the story of this season, big picture, is going to be can the incremental gains of the Rams offense, which we all expect, mm -hmm. um, offset potentially some regression on defense. Not that I'm expecting the defense to fall off a cliff, but are they going to lead the NFL in points allowed again this season? That's probably unreasonable. So the kicking game, special teams, offense improving, trying to balance out what would be a natural regression on defense. Um, and you look at the schedule they start with, I think these are all potentially great defenses. You and just Kirk yeah. just talked about Tampa Bay, but Chicago has Khalil Mack and a bunch of other really nice pieces. And at Indianapolis is another really tricky defense that I think <laughs> poses problems. Yeah. So we're going to know. We're going to know coming out of September and going in to NFC West play just how much Matthew Stafford at the helm makes this Rams offense go turns it more into the 2017-18 edition we saw from Sean McVay and company. All right, so uh, Tampa Bay, to continue that thought, opens with Dallas on Thursday, as we know. That's going to be a ratings bonanza. Then also <laughs> home to Atlanta in week two before traveling to Los Angeles. Uh, moving ahead on the schedule, it doesn't look like the NFL or their network partners uh, had as much of a vested interest in this one as we do. Lion Rams, uh, it's a 105 regional start on Fox. And Kirk, I think it's worth pointing out the Lions opted not to draft a quarterback in a yeah. talented quarterback class. They went offensive tackle, Panay Sewell, instead. Do you see that as a vote of confidence in Jared Goff? Is that an indication they're willing to give him 2021 to audition for the job long term? Yeah, I, I think it's probably a vote of confidence for the next couple seasons. Honestly, JB, the Detroit Lions, when they acquired Jared Goff, they brought in a guy who's won games in this league and has started in the Super Bowl. I think it's Jared Goff is going to truly be a game manager. He will not be asked to do what he was asked to do in the Sean McVay offense. It'd be a, a little bit different. Anthony Lynn, his new offensive coordinator, his new head coach, longtime tight end. He came in, in that Bill Parcells kind of a uh, coaching tree and, and Dan Campbell. So the reason why I think that this game is going to be a little bit different or it's going to be uh, a game in which Jared Goff will be, be a different quarterback because they want to run the football. They want to go out and play pay-action pass. They want to be stout up front. If you think about it, you mentioned Panay Sewell they drafted with their first pick. Well, then their next three picks were all on defense. They're trying to get big up front on the defensive line. They're trying to be stout defensively. They want to win games defensively and have the offense just do enough. The offense just make the plays, run the football, hard-nosed, edgy. And so I think that's why – when it comes to Jared Goff, he will fit in this system over the next couple seasons as he's not being asked to throw for three, 400 yards a game, JB. Yeah, I mean, he had a, an embarrassment of riches at the skill positions during his time uh, with McVay and the Rams. I'm not sure that's the case right now in Detroit, though I do appreciate they're trying to build a wall in front of him. Who yeah. do you think this game matters more to, Stafford or Goff? Wow, I, I think this one matters more to Jared Goff. 
because mm-hmm. remember, this game is a home game for the Rams. OK, it's not on the road. If it was in Detroit, I think you obviously you'll have the emotions of, of Matthew Stafford going back to a place he spent, you know, 10 plus seasons at. And so you'll have that emotional connection. I think this Jared Goff returning to the place, returning to uh, the place pretty much that he watched get built in SoFi Stadium. He saw the stadium he read. How many times have we saw the pictures of Jared Goff with his hard hat on? And the first time that this place will have fans? Yeah, I think this means more to Jared Goff than it does to Matthew Stafford. And I think, look, Jared Goff, he won't say it, but I know he'll have a chip on his shoulder playing inside SoFi Stadium. You know, it's funny, Kurt. I actually I agree with you in some regard, but I actually think this would be a bigger game for Matthew Stafford just because he's the new guy in town. Like the new GM of the Lions, Brad Holmes, knows everything about Jared Goff and more. He knew that he needed to place, you know, some protection for Jared Goff. And yes, they're probably gonna run the ball more. They know that. They know what Jared can do. But for Matthew Stafford, this is a new offense, this is a new head coach, and the expectations, they are very high. Notice with the first uh, pick in the draft for the Rams was another wide receiver. You already look at the wide receiver group. They're deep. They have Cooper Cup. They have Robert Woods already. They just brought in Deshaun Jackson, and they have rookie uh, Van Jefferson that just showed that he can play in the NFL. Let's add another wide receiver to the group. I think the expectations are extremely high for Matthew Stafford, and I, I would actually think that this would be a bigger game to be like, yeah, I got this. You didn't. You don't need him. I'm here to stay. Let's just hope it's a bigger game for the Rams than it is for the Correct. Detroit Lions. Yes. Because I, I think one of the points yes. that we're driving at here is the Rams better get their work done on the front half of this schedule because the back nine is extremely difficult. All right, yeah, and to that point, the Rams, they went 3-3 three and three against the NFC West opponents last season, splitting with Seattle, losing both to San Francisco, and then sweeping the Cardinals to move to 8-0 and in the Sean McVay era. But the division, they expect to be one of the tops again in the NFL this season. The Seahawks, they've got them in Week 5 and then Week 15. Cards are playing Week 4 and then Week 14, a Monday Night Football game. And then the Niners, Week 10, another Monday Night Football game, and Week 18. This is not an easy schedule at all. But, Kurt, let's get your your thought here. Which division matchup do you actually think will be the most pivotal? Um, you got the Rams, Niners in Week 18. They're going to finish off the season there. Uh, two Monday Night Football matchups or just Seattle in general? <laughs> well, I, I kind of got a couple answers to this one, Serena. Sorry, but um, I think just uh, the NFL realizes that when the Rams are on the road in the NFC West, it's must-see TV meaning that all three of those games are in prime time when they're on the road in division. How crazy is that? Um, But I think of all those three, well, of the six games, the one that really, to me, that sticks out is that Week 10 matchup for the Rams on Monday Night Football at San Francisco because of what comes after that game, which is the bye week for the Rams. So they get a chance to go all in pretty much uh, against the 49ers, a team that they you know, have not played well against, but can definitely see where they're at going into the bye week. What, how good would it feel for the Rams to play well, to beat a team that's sort of been a thorn in their side, beat them, and then go into the bye week feeling really good about themselves? That's why I think that's a pivotal matchup. Look, the other ones are going to be fine. Like Seattle early on, we, we understand how those are always going to be close games, but it just seems that the where that 49ers game is in San Francisco is just a pivotal point of the schedule where the Rams will know what they have in front of them after the bye week. JB, you got any thoughts on uh, which of these NFC West matchups will be key for the Rams? 
I mean, I already kind of gave you the story of the season from a Rams unit perspective, right? Offense, defense, special teams. In terms mm-hmm. of the division, it's how much of an improvement can they make head-to-head against the San Francisco 49ers? Because we know yeah. they play the Cardinals terrific. We know that they go toe-to-toe, don't give anything away with Seattle. But the 49ers have had their number a little bit, and I think it's pretty telling that the NFL put the Rams and the Niners in Week 18. I mean, that's, that's a game that has a ton of flex potential, and I think they're not so subtly saying – you guys are the favorites in the best division in football. We're going to put you at the end of the season and hope that that is a de facto championship game, maybe even for a number one seed in the NFC. Uh, but I think Kirk, it also begs the question, who's going to be playing quarterback for the Niners? Correct. Because by the time they make that Monday night football trip to Levi Stadium, the Niners will have already had their bye, right? So is that an opportunity to make the, make the change at quarterback, or will Jimmy G have them in contention if he is still their quarterback at the season's outset? Yeah, that's a great point, JB. I think early on we'll know uh, where that 49ers team is at. That's why I think it's such a unique matchup because it's at the point in the season where you're kind of understanding of who you are. You know what that identity of the team is going to be. That's why I think it's just a crucial game for both. Look, at the end of the season, things have already happened already. But I think in the middle of the season, we know that that matchup team can go either left or right. But I'm hoping that we get a Jimmy Garoppolo versus uh, Matthew Stafford. I'm not so sure. If Trey Lance is in there, uh, it's just a different beast, a different weapon. So I, I can't wait to see who the 49ers do have at quarterback for that game. Well, the Rams got to beat Jimmy Garoppolo before he leaves the division. Like, that's a big <laughs> box left unchecked. Uh, okay. I'd be surprised if they don't see Trey Lance in some capacity, right? I, I feels yeah. like there's going to be a designated package for him, especially all the problems they can present in their running game uh, with right. their fullbacks, their tight ends, uh, their speedy backs and receivers. Here, here's kind of an over-under type question for you, though, Kirk, because we already sure. talked about Justin Fields in Chicago. You don't think he's going to start week one. No. But Trevor Lawrence is is also on the schedule, of course. We can talk about that one. And then Trey Lance. Those are kind of the big three rookie quarterbacks all on the Rams' schedule. Potentially four games. How many of them do you think rookies start against the Rams' defense? Lance twice, Lawrence once, Fields once. How many rookie starting quarterbacks do you think the Rams face? I think just one. Honestly, I think just one, and that would probably be that Week 18 matchup. I'm just not as big on the San Francisco 49ers as a lot of people may be. I think that at some point you peel the Band-Aid off and you you allow Trey Lance to go at the end of the year. I think 49ers are going to be a team that, you know, obviously they, they, they won't have the success they had of a couple of years ago. And I think this quarterback, who's going to be the starter? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? When will Trey Lance? That, I think that puts a toll on the team. You enable a starter – and you go from there. That's why I think it's going to be Trey Lance at the end of the year. Justin Fields, we won't see in week one. Um, oh, and Trevor Lawrence. Why do I keep, keep Trevor Lawrence is playing regard. The Jaguars can go two, 0 two. and 16. Yeah, one right? Point. Yeah. They can, so it's two. Yeah. Because uh, I keep forgetting because Trevor Lawrence is going to play. He's going to play every game. Yeah. He, he's <laughs> of that 0 and 16. If that happens, it doesn't matter. They know that they got the quarterback of the future. And so it'll be it'll be fun to watch Trevor Lawrence as he tries to navigate the NFL because there will be nobody pressing him for playing time. We've got an extra game this season for everyone. Uh, (laughs) We've got more football to play this season, guys. Uh, Do you think the week 17 regular season game will have effect on any players? I mean, you're going you're adding an extra game, a full one. Well, we took away a preseason game, which I'm sure McVay is right. really excited about. But do you think – to me, I think it's going to be more of a mental grind. But what do you two think, Kirk? Serena, depth will be tested. That's what this yeah. new NFL will be about. Your depth will be tested. 
And I think this is where the success of recent for the Rams has really shown itself, having guys who play a prominent role um, as, as backups that go in and get those quality reps, those quality plays. You know, sometimes when we look out on the field and we see Aaron Donald on the sideline for a series or two, that'll be prevalent this year. We want to see more of that in, in situations that keeps Aaron Donald fresh for hopefully a full 17 game. So when I think of 17, I just think of the depth of round your football team has to be built out. Very rarely do you have 11 starters play 11 straight games. There is going to be injuries. It's just part of the NFL. But do you have the guys behind them that can step up, keep the ship afloat, and keep things going? That's what I think we're going to see a lot of is which teams have developed depth. And I think the Rams on multiple levels have that depth that can sustain for a 17-game season. JB, do you have any thought just on that Well, I'm extra- reminded of just why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are- Was that? <laughs> Yeah, I, Serena, I'm reminded of why the Buccaneers are on the Rams' schedule. It's because they didn't win their division last year. And so it's mm. extremely rare to do what they did, which come in as a second-place team and fight your way through the bracket on the road, then host and win the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> but on the yeah. one hand, you know, I'm tempted to say the Rams are most concerned about being at their best in terms of health and, and performance in actually that 19th and 20th game. Um but at the same time, I think the best way to ensure that is to get the number one overall seed, is to absolutely crush your schedule and make sure that you're at home at SoFi, hopefully all the way through the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you guys, this was great. Football's in four months, but I feel like it's really close. So that's okay. That's a wrap for our schedule release installment of Between the Horns. Thanks so much for tuning in and hope this got you all excited for a great 2021 season. And what could be more exciting and seeing the Rams in person at SoFi Stadium this season to purchase tickets, visit therams.com slash 2021. And for single game tickets, visit therams.com slash single game tickets. For Kurt Morrison, for JV Long, I'm Serena Morales. Thanks for watching and for listening. And we'll see you next time on Between the Horns.